If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. You can never learn the lessons that you learn at rock bottom that you would at the mountain's top. So always think of that whenever, you know, you're struggling or you feel like you don't know which way is up or down. What is going to come is only up. You can only go up when you're at the bottom. Welcome to Luna the Podcast. I'm your host, Carolina Salazar, and I am here to be your spiritual big sister, guiding you to self-empowerment through self-discovery. My goal with this podcast is to provide grounded and easy-to-understand self-development tools to support you on your spiritual journey. My purpose is to help you learn to love both your light and your shadow, and to empower you to start showing up as your best self by nourishing your soul and doing the inner work. I am so grateful you're here today, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luna the Podcast. We're back with another guest episode, which is very exciting. I'm very, very eager for you guys to listen to this one. I interviewed Brittany Berard. She's a Reiki healer, a psychic medium, a yoga teacher, and we actually went to high school together, which is pretty cool. And on this episode, you'll get to hear a little bit about her own growth and healing story from her childhood to college to now. We talk about unlearning, we talk about letting go, miracles, signs from the universe, tapping into psychic gifts, meditation, experience with mediumship, growing up with a mom that's in the spiritual field, and so much more. So I am just very excited for this one. I hope you guys love it. As always, I would appreciate if you could head over to Apple Podcasts for two minutes of your day to leave Luna a little review. It helps me reach more people and create an impact with the podcast, which is one of my goals for the show. So I'd greatly appreciate if you could do that. It would mean so much to me. And before we get started with the guest episode, I just wanted to do the little intro segment that I started doing since last episode. So let's get started with the rosebud and thorn for this week. So the rose of this week is that I came home to Florida on Thursday of this past week which has been really nice. I think coming home is always a nice little reset from just busy adult life. So it's just been really nice to be back in the warm weather with my family and just being able to soak up all the love. And then the bud is that I'm excited for the holidays. I love Thanksgiving. So I'm looking forward to this week and just cooking a nice meal for my family and just spending some quality time all together. So that's kind of what I've been soaking up and what I've been leaning into. And this week's thorn, which ended up turning into a really important lesson, and I wrote an Instagram post about it too, is that I had a moment at the dinner table a couple nights ago where I started kind of word vomiting about something that I had been feeling. 
and kind of a frustration in my life at this moment. It was something I hadn't taken time to process on my own or journal about or even talk to my therapist about. So at the table, I ended up bringing it up with a lot of passion and a lot of emphasis on how I felt. And because it was brought in the context of a dinner table, and it's something I've done before, so it was a moment where I also recognized the pattern, it seemed like it was a conversation. So I didn't make it clear to the people around me that I was just venting or that I just wanted to feel heard. And because I didn't express that up front, I didn't even honestly realize that that's what I wanted in that situation. The people at the table started kind of giving their opinion and I didn't really want to listen. So I kind of ended up cutting people off and it just didn't turn into a situation that I would have liked or wanted. And that all came down to, you know, some, a minor disagreement that made me, a minor disagreement that kind of tainted my mood and made me really upset. And so I had this moment over the weekend where I was really sad and I cried and I just had a lot of emotions to process and to feel through. And, you know, taking that time to sit with the emotions was really important because it allowed me to realize that. It allowed me to realize that maybe, you know, in these moments where I have a lot of emotions, it's best for me to take some time on my own to process them, to journal, to feel, to cry. And then to eventually when I'm ready or if I find it necessary to bring it up with others and also realizing that maybe a dinner table isn't the best place to bring, you know, something up that I haven't processed emotionally or even something that I feel like is better to be spoken about one-on-one with someone. So that was a little bit of a thorn, but it was also this beautiful moment because as I was taking time to process this emotionally, I went to a yoga class. And interestingly enough, it was Brittany's yoga class. And on my way to yoga, I started noticing all these angel numbers and I saw multiple butterflies. And it was this beautiful moment where I felt really connected to my guides. And I've been reading this book called, and this kind of transitions me in. And ultimately, it just felt really guided and supported. And it just reminded me that I'm never alone and that I have you know, this universal energy there supporting me always. So that was a thorn, but it did turn into a beautiful lesson. So I wanted to share that. And this kind of transitions me into my current favorites. And the one thing that comes to mind almost instantly is a book that I'm reading, which is called The Signs by Laura Lynn Jackson. And it's this beautiful book where she kind of talks about how the universe communicates with us, how our loved ones who have passed communicate with us. And it is the perfect segue into this episode because I did I do mention it in my conversation with Brittany since she is a psychic medium and a healer and we definitely chat a little bit about it. So it's a good little sneak peek into the episode, but I've been loving the book. It's really, really amazing. And I recommend it to anyone who wants to learn more about how to interpret what angel numbers mean or, you know, spirit animals mean or how to even tap into your own psychic abilities. I think that that's the main favorite for this week that I wanted to mention. And then the mindset of the week is self-compassion. And that's really tied to the mini little lesson that I had this weekend. And that's that when we fall into ego mode or when we kind of feel like we don't show up necessarily as our higher selves or as we would like, it's, it's so easy to beat ourselves up about it. It's so easy to be mean mentally to ourselves for having these struggles, for taking the egoic path. But 
looking at yourself as a human and having compassion for yourself is so important at these times. And that was something that I realized that, you know, even though the mental chatter and the self-judgment was really, really loud in that moment of regret and of judgment towards myself for for doing what I had done and then for bringing up a situation that I hadn't processed and all these things you know I could go on and on about all the things I was beating up myself about but I just had to remember to have self-compassion because even though I am and maybe you are in a healing journey this doesn't mean that from day to night you're healed and you're perfect it means that you're always going to be healing. It means that you're always going to be learning and you can start looking at these situations in your life as opportunities to become a better version of yourself and to learn from it so that you can show up differently next time. So it ended up being a really important moment and it reminded me of this mindset of growing and of learning from your mistakes and also learning that sometimes you have to put your ego aside and you have to be okay with being wrong and you have to be okay with apologizing and with looking at yourself with more compassionate eyes and less self-judgment. So with that being said, that was a little intro segment for today. And let's dive into the episode. I hope you love it. And without further ado, let's dive in. Hi everyone, welcome back to Luna the Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with Brittany Barrar today. This is a full circle moment because Brittany and I went to high school together in Florida. And, you know, many years later, after going through our own different paths in college, we've kind of ended up in a similar present moment, like journey. So welcome to the podcast, Brittany. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. And it's definitely a full circle moment. I think it really speaks to the fact that the people you come around in life, it's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. We're all meant to be together. We're all connected. And I'm really excited to be talking to someone that went to my high school who had a similar journey because so many of us actually do have similar stories and we don't even realize it most of the time. Yeah, exactly. It's truly amazing. And it's such a synchronicity and there are no coincidences. So, so excited to be talking. And just before we get started, can you share your sun, moon and rising? Yes. My sun sign is a Leo. My moon sign is a Gemini and my rising sign is a Sagittarius. So lots of fire energy. <laughs> love that. I love that. Leo is pretty much my favorite sign in the Zodiac because I'm a Leo North node. So I love it. <laughs> Um, so introduce yourself to the audience, share a little bit about what you do right now. Like what's your job? I know you have multiple things that you do and also then share a little bit about your journey and how you ended up doing all these things. So obviously my name is Brittany. Um, I am a yoga teacher, a spiritual healer. I work with Reiki energy And I also do birth chart readings and I do intuitive readings with tarot cards. And I just connect with other people's energy, both psychically and through mediumship. I'm able to connect with past loved ones. And that all really, if you had told me maybe even three years ago that this was what I would be doing now, I probably would have been like, are you serious? I would have never believed it. Um, and it all started when I was a baby, actually, I was born dead. I wasn't breathing for seven minutes 
And seven actually ended up becoming one of the most significant numbers in my life. It's my life path number as well, but I was born dead. And for most of my life, I knew that that had some significance and that I was here for a reason. I just didn't understand really what that reason was. And, you know, growing up in the society that we are in today, I faced a lot of different adversities and struggles. Um, You know, I struggled with insecurities and anxiety and depression. Um, My parents got divorced when I was really young and my cousin actually passed away unexpectedly when I was a teenager and he was the first person that had introduced me to spirituality. He was a very spiritual person and that all of that gave me a lot of anxiety and I really struggled and I started to turn to alcohol and partying as a way to cope with those things. I didn't know that there was something wrong, I would say, for years. And I thought that, you know, being this party girl or, you know, the girl that's always loud and fun and funny, um, like there was nothing wrong. And I wanted to be that perfect girl and have all the things. I even, I was captain of the cheerleading team in high school because I thought that would make me cool. That would make people like me. And, you know, there's just patterns of things that I started to do along the way in high school and college that I thought would make me a better person and would make me more likable. And, you know, it really actually ended up turning people away from me more And after a slew of reckless, very dangerous situations that I put myself in, um, you know, I caused myself harm, physical pain, because I just wanted to feel something. And I struggled so much and I felt so alone. And it wasn't until probably the middle of my senior year of college that I realized something was wrong, but I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want people to think that there was something wrong with me or that, you know, I struggled. And I think that's something a lot of people now, especially our age, struggle with is they don't want people to know that they're hurting or that, you know, something affected them. And I guess I just I realized that if I wanted to make a change in my life, I was going to have to eliminate the situations, the people and the places that kind of started those negative toxic behaviors. And really, I think healing begins when you're able to admit that something's off, that something's not working for you. And it's a hard decision to make. I I mean, I remember being in college, coming home for Christmas break, and it was my last year and I had one semester left and I knew I couldn't go back. And I knew that if I went back, I would fall back into the same habits. And from there, I did actually end up going back to school. But before I went back, I started in a therapy called DBT therapy. And it was incredible. I was at in like an outpatient rehab center, but I spent like maybe 20 hours a week there. I mean, I was there all day, every day. And then finally, when I got enough strength, I went back to school. I lived alone in a hotel room and I was very depressed. I was really sad. I felt lonely and I really did not know what to do. And that's when I turned to yoga and yoga became my saving grace. Um, It was a time just for me where there was no 
judgment. There was no outside people trying to, you know, mess with me. There were no other things that I could do besides get on my mat and start practicing. And that's when I started to fall in line with meditation and having daily habits. And actually, and I want to say, unfortunately, but for me, fortunately, COVID happened and I had to go home and I couldn't go back to school and I had to stay here. And that's when I started really understanding spirituality and what the world is beyond what we can see. There's so much when it comes to energy and frequency, vibration, all of those words, like they were brand new to me, but there's so much that happens around us that we can't necessarily see. So, I mean, I spent hours and days just reading books and playing with tarot cards. And I always tell people when they ask me, how did you learn these things? I always say the school of hard knocks, the school of hard knocks is life. And it was never because I, you know, read one book. I've read a ton of books, but it was when I just surrendered and decided, you know, I want to learn about these things. And I put myself out there and I started learning about them and I started teaching things to people. And it took a long time to unlearn and unbecome the person that was 22 years of Brittany and all of the, you know, things that you're taught from birth and things you're taught in school unlearning all of that was such a process. And it's something, you know, not a lot of people I think talk about, and it's, it's not easy to begin this path of healing or spirituality, but it's so worth it. We're able to now see just how beneficial meditation and energy healing are. I mean, it can literally rewire the structure of your brain and over enough time of just studying, reading, I did a yoga teacher training I did my Reiki training. Um, I just started to notice, I looked back and the things that had started to bother me in the past, they weren't bothering me anymore. And the things that would upset me, they didn't upset me anymore. And I was less focused on what do people want from me? And it turned into what do I want from myself? How do I want to leave an impact on, you know, the world or on people? And when you can eliminate the outsiders, you can eliminate, you know, the different situations and the circumstances, and you can just put yourself there as a person, it changes your life. I mean, I always say, how would you speak to your best friend? How would you speak to a loved one? You know, you can think about, let's say someone had a really great idea for, or you came up with a great idea for work. And, you know, you were really passionate about it, but somewhere along the way, you decided, no, you know, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not good enough. Everyone's going to make fun of me if I bring this up. But when you can eliminate that, you eliminate yourself and you put your best friend there. Would you tell your best friend that people are going to think she's weird for bringing up a new idea? Would you tell her that, you know, she shouldn't do something? And I think where I saw the biggest significant change was actually with Reiki and with breath work and meditation just starting to slow down the mind and realize that we're all here together. We're all here to practice the things that we preach, but we're also here to make mistakes from that and to screw things up sometimes and do it the wrong way so that the next time you can try again and you can try better. You always have the choice to do what you want to do. You have the choice to try again 
And I think sometimes people are afraid of making mistakes or, you know, getting things wrong, but that's the whole point of life. And I mean, so much of my journey in life over the last 24 years was getting things so wrong so that now I am able to help other people through, you know, their mistakes or their struggles that, you know, they've also faced. And so much of what I do now is helping people just live a more fulfilled life, live a life that, you know, they're proud of because in the end, like all you have is living a life that you're proud of and the things that you did, did they bring you joy? Did they make you happy? That's the most important thing. Oh my gosh, that was beautiful, first of all. (laughs) And you said so many important things that I don't even know where to start. But I think that one of the core things that even you just mentioned now is really important to remember too, is that our mistakes are our biggest teachers. And it's okay to make mistakes. The same for me, it's like I can look at my past self and I can, and this has happened in the past where I would look at my younger self and feel embarrassed or feel ashamed or be like, why did I make those mistakes? Or why did I do X, Y, and Z? I could have done so much better, this and that. But now when like through therapy and through healing, I look back at that younger version of me and I thank her for everything that she did, because if it wasn't for that rock bottom, and if it wasn't for that moment where I felt like my life was crumbling and everything was going wrong, that I rose, that I healed, that I started this journey. And for a lot of us, it happens from that, from that like rock bottom moment, from that accumulation of doing the the wrong things, quote unquote, because those mistakes then teach you what you need to learn. So you can never learn the lessons that you learn at rock bottom that you would at the mountain's top. So always think of that whenever, you know, you're struggling or you feel like you don't know which way is up or down. What is going to come is only up. You can only go up when you're at the bottom, but when you're at the top, you can go down. And I remember someone told me, you know, Brittany, you don't have to be great in order to get started with something, but you have to get started in order to be great. And that really resonated with me. Yeah. And you also mentioned, even when you were younger, also like wanting to be perfect, right? Wanting to be that mm-hmm. perfect girl, wanting to be the the fun girl, the party girl, the one that made everyone laugh and feeling like other people's perceptions almost of us is what defines us. And is, mm-hmm. oh, if someone else thinks I'm cool and fun and the party girl that, you know, gets everything going and has everyone take shots or whatever, like, oh, then I'll be liked. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I struggled with in college a lot. And even timeline wise, like our healing journeys, I think were the exact same timeline because I hit my rock bottom in around March ish of, of 2020. And that was when the pandemic hit. And that's what kickstarted my own journey too which I think is beautiful and definitely not a coincidence that we're here talking about it now (laughs) um, a year, almost two years later. And what I wanted to ask you too, is that, you know, you mentioned a lot of things happened when you were younger, right? Like the divorce Mm -hmm. of your parents, your cousin passing away and struggling with anxiety, depression, all those things. And then the partying and the, you know, what we just mentioned, like wanting to be the fun, cool girl, the perfect girl. When you were going through that, did you ever put those two things together? Like, did you ever feel like, oh, if I party, 
then everything will go away? Or do you feel like it was just kind of happening? And now that you look back on that time, you can almost see like that's what was driving you to escape. That's a really good question. Um, You know, I think both. I remember a lot of it, to be honest, I don't remember. That's how significant my partying was. It was morning, day and night. Like I was never sober really ever. I mean, it was looking back and I'm just like, how did I even function as a human? But, you know, I would, I would say that along the way, I didn't necessarily put it together, but I do remember, you know, if I made a mistake or I did something wrong or someone called me out on my behavior, I would say, well, I went through things when I was younger and that's why I've I'm like this. I can't help it. There's nothing I can do about it. And I would just kind of, you know, use my pain and my trauma as an excuse. And I never wanted to fix it until, you know, I finally got to the point where there was no return. Um, But so much, I think I tried to blame and excuse. But at the same time, I feel like, yeah, there was nothing I wanted to do about it. I kind of knew But after, you know, when I literally hit rock bottom, I was like, okay, that's why I really like was turning up literally. Like I wanted to get away from my life. And I thought that it would take away the pain or take away whatever things I was struggling with. And it, it really just honestly made it worse. Um, Um, You know, it, it does. And so many people go through their life without even realizing that they project their pain onto other people. And that was so much of what I did. And, you know, looking back, it's hard to, you know, say I really made a lot of mistakes. I really was not in alignment with the person that I am, but I think it's so beautiful that, you know, you're able to rewrite your future at any time. You're able to wake up one morning and decide, I'm going to change things. And, you know, every moment, every day is a new opportunity to focus your attention on things that inspire you and things that motivate you. And I'm obviously so happy that I, you know, went through those hard things because it made where I am now so worth it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's such synchronicity because I recorded a TikTok today that was saying like, this is your reminder that you have the power to change your life, to reverse patterns, to et cetera, et cetera, like to choose different and to become your best self. And that power is available at any point, but that power becomes available when you start living with veracity, when you start living by literally being brutally honest with yourself. Like, how am I contributing to my life right now? What am I doing that's literally harming me right now? on an emotional level, physical level, spiritual level, that's just not in alignment anymore. And that's kind of what the rock bottom moments are. A lot of the times it's like that moment where you can't deny anymore what's going on. And I think what you said too about, you know, when people would call you out and say like, oh, maybe like I'm concerned about you, like you're partying really hard or whatever. Like, I don't know, just an example. Like when people would say those things to me in college, it was a little different for me because I didn't have those like moments in the past to pinpoint as the excuse. I would just get really defensive, you know, or I would project it on other people and be like, well, you're doing it too. Or, wow, I'm not perfect. Blah, 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 blah. Like no one's perfect. (laughs) Or I don't know, but I feel like I would just defend and justify 
a lot and even just deny that it was Mm -hmm. an issue. So I think that it's really important to bring awareness around this because there are so many people that I think struggle with getting to that point of just radical honesty. There's so many people our age walking around with unhealed traumas, unhealed pasts, and they literally just party it away. And I see, you know, people that I used to hang out with in college and I'm just like, you know, I'm really proud of myself and I'm proud of you and the other people that have taken the initiative to do something different with their life and to try something that not many people in their twenties are trying to do. You know, most people don't find healing, unfortunately, until they're in their thirties and forties and they, you know, they've had kids and they've been through different life experiences, but you know, everybody has a story. Some are larger than others, but everybody has a story to tell. Everybody's been through something, whether that's bullying or, you know, not feeling good enough, feeling like they have to be perfect or have the weight of the world on them. And at the end of the day, we all have things that we can work on and we all have things that we can get better with. Everyone can level up and it's a choice. It's definitely a choice. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, that it's a choice. It's not, it's not, you know, this just one day all made sense to me. I had the choice to choose something different or continue down the path of destruction and, you know, choosing yourself, choosing growth over comfort possibilities over the past. I mean, it's a journey that's so worthwhile and it's one that you'll be on for life. I mean, it doesn't, the healing never ends. It's always continuing. It's always going. Um, and it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. Truly. Like it's never over. Like you never reach a point and you're like, okay, I'm totally healed. Like there's always going to be little triggers and there's always going to be something that might like touch on a wound. That's now a scar and, you know, it might Mm -hmm. like remove a little piece of the scab and, and make it hurt again. So it really is something that even for, even for example, we heal now in our twenties, then you have kids and maybe your kid's going to trigger a past trauma or something. And so it really is never truly over. Something else that you said is really important is about unbecoming, right? Because when we hit those moments where we decide that we want help or we decide that we want to stop self-sabotaging or we want to just stop living this reality that's not good for us anymore, we have to look back at all the things that we've told ourselves and society has told us and the people around us have taught us that we're supposed to be or we're supposed to think. And I really think the spiritual path is a lot about unlearning So what do you feel like are some of the things that you've had to unlearn? Wow, a lot of things. (laughs) Um, Actually, really interesting. Again, not a coincidence. This morning was journaling around um, the question, who is or how is who you're becoming different than who you were taught to be? So it's actually really, really aligned that we're having this conversation right now. Um, I think one thing for sure that sticks out to me is that success only comes from working all day, every day, you know, you know, money is success and hard work is success. And 
that, you know, you have to be doing all these things in order to be successful. When the fact of the matter is, is just by being yourself, just by being happy and healthy, that's the most successful that you can be. And I know from a lot of people who are older and look back on their lives now, they say, you know, I wish I that I didn't work so hard. I wish that I took that time off. I wish I took time to rest. I wish, you know, I did that or I did this. And another thing too, kind of going off of that is that rest, taking breaks or, you know, making a modification to something is weakness. And it's not, it's a sign of full awareness actually. And taking rest or taking time for a nap or taking time for your mental health is so important. And people don't do that. And they think that if they do that, then they're not successful. You know, they're not good enough. They don't have the motivation or the drive, but we're human beings. We're not human doings. We're meant to be here to be literally. And so much of what I've come across and some of the things that I work on now personally is understanding that just because I'm doing things differently, following a spiritual path, working um, in my own business with spirituality and yoga and meditation, just because I'm doing things differently, it doesn't mean that I'm doing things wrong. And sometimes I do feel pressure from society. You know, people work long hours, long days, and I'm like, wow, like, you know, what if, what if I was doing that? Maybe I would be more successful. But then I think of the times where I did have a job and I was doing all of that and I wasn't doing this stuff and I didn't feel as fulfilled. And I think the most success that you can find is fulfillment and doing the things that you truly love to do and making your time here on earth something that you're really proud of. Yeah, I think that's super important. Just kind of letting go of the idea of hard work equals success, right? And this culture of burnout and this culture of work hard, play hard Mm -hmm. instead of like work and rest and listen to your body and, you know, flow. Um, And I think that's also really tied to feminine energy, right? Because like we live in a culture that is ingrained in masculine energy and toxic masculine energy in the sense of we have to always be working or we have to always be doing or partying or doing external things instead of the reflecting and the resting and the trusting and the surrendering and all the beautiful things that you really, I think, start to tap into throughout a spiritual journey. But I also think it's something that we're collectively learning, that we've learned throughout quarantine too, not being able to leave our house, having to turn inward, having to be more slow with our days. So I think that's really important to unlearn. And I think also unlearning old behaviors, right? Old ways of reacting, old ways of like listening to people or even old ways of coping with certain emotions. Like all these things I think I've had to unlearn and more, but truly oh, yeah. it's about like, I don't know if you've ever read um, Untamed. Yes. Oh my gosh, I just read that. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like a good book. Week. And when she's talking about like, you have to burn it to the ground, like you have to be willing to basically like burn the house to the ground and let it, the ashes sink and then rebuild. Yeah. Right? You and have like to rebuild be able your to roots. Surrender and let go and trust that, you know, letting go of everything. I always say this in my yoga class, 
sometimes you have to let things go for them to come back to you, you know, trying to force or control or, you know, manipulate things. That's not necessarily going to get you the outcome, no matter how hard you try, but being able to say, you know what, I surrender, I trust, I'm going to let this go. And if it's meant for me, then it's going to come back and it will if it's meant for you. And if it's the thing that is going to bring you the highest joy and highest fulfillment, it will come back to you and you have to trust that. Yeah. And I think that really applies to relationships as well and friendships, because Mm -hmm. when we are going through a healing journey and we are transforming and literally becoming a new version of ourselves, that's in alignment. Other people who used to be our party friends or people who were attached to that old version of us, might fall away, mm-hmm. might not be in alignment anymore. And it's hard. Like it can bring grief and like a feeling of loss. But again, by letting it go, the right ones will come back. The right ones will stay even. And I also think the concept of letting go is super important with the idea of trusting the universe too to come support you. Like when you truly surrender and you're like, universe, take the wheel. Like I trust you. Like, I know the right things are going to come. You provide space for your angels and your your spirit guides and the universe to show up for you and to nudge you in the right directions. But it can be really hard because so many of us want to have a plan and, you know, are focused on just the material, just on what you can see already being true. These are the facts instead of, well, this is all that's possible. So one thing that I wanted to ask you is, do you believe in miracles? And if so, like what are miracles that you've experienced in your life? That's another great question. Um, Yes, I, I do believe in miracles, but I think, and this is something that I, I really have focused on the last five or six months, like being alive is a miracle. I lost my dad out of the blue. Um, He suddenly passed away in June. And I realized there that life is a gift. And, you know, there's the saying like YOLO, you only live once. Um, You get to live every day, you only die once. So yes, miracles are real. I believe that miracles happen when you are able to believe in something greater than yourself, you're able to believe that, you know, your spirit guides are there for your angels, your guardians. And I've seen it, you know, now having my dad in spirit form, I've never had a connection like this before in the spirit world. And, you know, it's not every day that he'll send me a sign, but, you know, every once in a while I'll say, you know, can you send me a sign and I'll, I'll sit, drop into a meditation and be like, dad, I really, I really need help. I need you to tell me this. And he'll send me the sign. It might not be right away, but it'll come. And another thing that I really like to do to kind of, you know, connect with my spirit guides is actually just turn on some music, find a playlist and say, okay, spirit, send me a sign, play the next song for me with a message that I need to hear. And, you know, a sign will come on and a song will come on and I'll be like, oh my God, I needed to hear this. 
And I simply, (laughs) like, I believe in miracles, but I also believe that every single day you have the opportunity to experience a miracle. And everything that's happened for me in life has been a miracle. The fact that I'm alive is a miracle. I mean, I was born dead. Um, (laughs) And I really, I believe life is like our greatest gift and that every day you have the chance to experience something miraculous. And it's really about leaning in, tuning in, trusting. Sometimes people will probably think you're crazy. And my sisters definitely for a while thought I was crazy. And now, you know, they're walking their own spiritual journeys and they're 10 years older than me. And, you know, little sister was able to help them understand that, you know, there are miracles all around you. There are your spirit guides, your angels, your loved ones. That to me was like, it is a miracle, but it's also not because it's just, it's life. There's no, there's no life after death. There's only life. It's all happening right now, right in front of you. And you have that choice to experience miracles every day, but that's up to you. And it's up to your belief system. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that's a unique view too, because a lot of, and I, it's a view I agree with because a lot of the times when we say, do you believe in miracles? People think it's something crazy, right? But I really think that miracles can be a beautiful sunset. Miracles can be listening to the right song at the right time. Miracles can be meeting a person in a moment where you were looking for a solution for something or when you needed a friend. Who knows? Like Miracles are all around us and it's just about noticing. And when you're present and when you're aware and looking around, you'll tune in. And I'm currently reading this book called The Signs of the Signs, The Language of the Universe. I've read it. Mm-hmm. And, By Laura Lynn Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really loving it because I had never, you know, learned a lot about signs that loved ones who have crossed can send. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I get a lot of signs. I see a lot of butterflies. I see a lot of repeating numbers every mm-hmm. single day, pretty much every day I see angel numbers. And I've started to pay attention to when they come in, like what's going on in that moment that I saw that number, like, what was I saying? And just noticing like, okay, spirit, like, okay, universe, that's, I will do that. And because, you know, I, I, a lot of the stories, especially in the beginning of the book that she shares are about loved ones on the other Mm -hmm. side. I wanted to ask you, does your dad speak to you through any particular animals is it words? <laughs> so is anything like that? And I know you mentioned like mediumship too. Mm-hmm. So um, there are so many things, but this one was the most significant probably. Um, and this was kind of how we started our communication. But when I found out that he had passed away, um, I was holding a bunny rabbit. I really wanted to get a pet bunny. And I mean, obviously I put the bunny away and I drove home and I never, I didn't think about the bunny again. And the next day I got to his house and my sister was like, let's go on a golf cart ride. Like, okay. So we went on the golf cart ride and she was like, oh my God. And I looked up and there was a field of bunny rabbits. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I, it took me a second. I was like, I had forgotten that I was holding a bunny in that moment because it was just such a a life-changing moment, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, wait a second. 
I was like, I was holding a bunny and they looked exactly like that bunny. It was a little brown bunny. And so like, we have like a running joke that my dad came back as a bunny. Um, but I mean, I've seen a lot, he does a lot of animals, um, feathers, rainbows. Um, my sister and him do rainbows. He'll like send her rainbows after a hard day of work. Um, she has this light in her room that changes colors and he'll like turn that light on sometimes because spirit can manipulate energy, like electric things really easily. So lights, um, you know, like an alarm, that's really easy for them because it's easy energy to manipulate. And, uh, in science, they talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, I've also, I've heard him in my head. I've heard him, you know, speak to me when he was first gone was probably the strongest that it was. And, the best way that I could describe it is like, I, I felt him, I smelled him and I felt like I had this big guy around me. And I, I was really turned off actually at the time by, by this idea of spirit, because I was so traumatized and I was like, I can't even think about him being here. But then as time went on, um, we had a couple of different instances where, you know, we asked my dad for a pink rose and then there were pink rose bushes. Like when we went on our drive the next day, like little things, when you're able to get clear on what you want that sign to be, it will deliver it to you. Um, a lot of music. Um, and I, I work with mediums. I work in a circle where I actually started studying mediumship in a group about a year ago. It's been a year. Um, and I didn't know why I wanted to study it. I just felt like it was really interesting. And I read signs. I read Laurel and Jackson's other book. Um, there's also a TV show on Netflix called surviving death. Great show. It's incredible. She's actually in it. Um, and when I started picking up some of these things, I realized it's an ability that everybody has. We're all mediums. We're all connected we're all here you know running the same energy current and it's not it's not a superpower it's something that literally every person can do and I I had instances growing up where I would you know joke around with my friends and be like I'm psychic I know I am I just know I am and they'd be like how like (laughs) I just know and I I had that yeah right I had that knowing and Um, a lot of different books talk about ways to connect, but the first thing that I would tell anybody is start a meditation practice. And when you get messages or signs, it's not going to be like this big, like bang where it's like so obvious when you can tune in and, you know, you go inward, you take time to quiet your mind. Like you'll hear those voices in the back of your head. You'll hear you know, things or different, I guess, different intuitive downloads. And you'll know that it's coming from source. It's coming from spirit because it's just all encompassing. It's all knowing. And it's not like a negative limiting belief. It's not like, oh, you can't do that. Spirit would never say that. I've worked with a lot of different people and I've learned from a lot of different mediums and shamans who have different ways of learning and teaching. And the one thing that, you know, they always, always say is 
it starts with meditation. Like the, the first thing when you wake up in the morning meditation and Kundalini breath of fire, actually, um, a lot of mediumship and psychic work works with Kundalini and our Kundalini energy, which is the energy that's at the base of our spine. And it's like a little coil. Yeah. It's like a little coil and over enough time when you meditate and you start doing yoga and you take care of your body, fuel your body with nutritious foods, that coil the kundalini will break and you'll start to feel that energy moving up your spine. And that's where the kundalini breath of the fire comes from because the energy has to travel all the way from your root up to your crown and above. And, um, mm-hmm. I think it's, okay. it's really beautiful. Yes. It's something that everybody can do. And my sisters yeah. and my friends thought at first <laughs> that I was crazy. When I told them this, I was like, everyone is a medium. We all have different ways that will communicate with spirit. We'll have different ways. You know, some people are clear cognizant, some people are clear audience. So they hear things. Um, but everybody has the ability and it really starts with just meditation. Like I, I couldn't say it enough and breath of fire that is, I saw the most significant change, not just like even emotionally and mentally, but with my mediumship, like definitely practicing that every day and having that just sacred time in the morning to connect and be with myself because it's already all within you. You just have to really lean into it. And it takes a lot of faith and trust, but it's there. It a hundred percent is it's there within all of us. Yeah. And I, I've always said that too, that we're all psychic. We just have to tap into it. You just have to tune in and, and truly like, yeah, there's a relationship between the physical and the spiritual and mm-hmm. my spiritual journey and my awareness of my own psychic abilities, like they were always there. I would always get feelings about things or like one time I was leaving my house, like I lived in a sorority house and I got a really eerie feeling. Like I, I felt really off as I was walking out. And that same night there was like a robbery in the house um, or like that, that certain things like that would happen, but I would never be able to understand it. And it was only once I eliminated some substances that like kind of took me away from, from my present self. And when I started healing my relationship with food and my relationship to working out and truly when I started meditating, particularly when I started doing chakra meditations, because I would do root chakra one day, sacral the other, and like go through every day for weeks that I started really just blossoming as a spiritual being. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you mentioned the the Kundalini energy, which is something I want to learn more about because I did root chakra meditation this morning, and I've been kind of kind of off my meditation practice lately. I I feel like since I learned to meditate, I have tried many different kinds, and there's been ebbs and flows, like certain times where I'm really connected and I'm meditating every morning, and then other times when I fall out of the routine of doing it. So what is your favorite way of, of meditating? Do you sit in silence? Do you play music in the background? Do you do guided? So I do a mix of things. Um, I started off doing guided meditations. I love the superhuman app. Um, I just downloaded it. Yeah. Mimi's great. Um, I love 
her meditations. Now I also, I worked very closely with Deepak Chopra. Um, I've known him for my entire life, actually through my mom, my mom and him, um, have done different things together and I love his meditations. He is great. Um, he always does little like challenges with Oprah. The way I started meditating was through the 21 days of abundance. Yeah, they do 21 day challenges. Um, I actually now mostly sit in silence. I turn on binaural Hertz and I have a bunch of different breathwork techniques that I like to do. So I'll usually start with like box breathing. So, you know, inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold the out breath for four. And then I um, will move into more of like Kundalini breath of fire. And I try to do that for three to five minutes. And it took a long time to get myself to do that. My lungs did not like it. My, you know, my body did not like it at first. It was uncomfortable. But when I stuck with it, and I mean, it, it didn't take forever, but it took, you know, a consistent consistency to build my, my um, body's ability to do that. And I actually starting next week, I'm going to be doing meditations on zoom. And I have an online library of all meditations that I've recorded on my own, Um, just different things. They're incorporated with Reiki and sound healing. And I'm really excited about that. It's been like my project that I've been working on because so many people do have a hard time committing to a meditation practice. And, you know, sometimes maybe meditation just looks like two minutes of sitting quietly with yourself for, with some good music, you know, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes every day. It doesn't even have to be 10 minutes every day. It's more about just finding a little bit of time for yourself. And that's what I hope to show people with my meditations online, um, just how sometimes fun and exciting it can be because people get turned off by having to sit alone with themselves. But when (laughs) you have the right, you know, hurts playing and it's incorporated with so much love and light and the Reiki energy, it's just it's so, yeah. I, mean, I look forward to doing my own meditations. I've been practicing them more recently because I want to make sure that they're good enough for people. Um, yeah. So, yeah I mean, there's different ways to meditate. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I always encourage people to, I feel like to start, it's always good to start with guided. So everyone mm-hmm. go check out Brittany's meditations. When yes. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that for me, guided was the way to start, but I'm kind you of- You have to start with that. Like I'm going towards now sitting in silence just with frequency music because I feel like that's what really opens my energy a mm-hmm. lot and it takes consistency and takes showing up for sure. Um, when you say for the breath of fire, is it like when people say breath work, is that breath of fire? Because I did it a couple of times where I was just like, <sighs> like really fast and I felt really mm-hmm. lightheaded. So I feel like that kind of turned me off and then I didn't do it again. Since so that. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> basically what it is. But I always tell people, you know, put your arms up over your head and then you have to tuck your thumb in and wrap your fingers around it. So, I mean, like no one can see me right now, but you put your arms up over your head because your ego does not like your arms being up like this. So the whole point of the Kundalini breath of fire is to shatter your ego. 
And obviously keeping your arms up overhead is not great. It's not fun. Um, it actually mm-hmm. sometimes hurts and it's inhaling through your nose and then, um, taking like a really deep breath and then you passively exhale. So you like mm-hmm. almost like push it out and you use that exhale to inhale again. There's a lot of, um, I see YouTube videos yeah. that have it and it's on, I, um, on my online library of meditations, there are different breathwork techniques. So I have that one. Um, and I have a couple other ones. It does make you lightheaded. So I would recommend if you're trying breath of fire, start for 30 seconds and, okay. you know, do it for 30 seconds or do it for 15 seconds. If 30 seconds is too much, cause it's hard. It's literally moving that sacred Kundalini energy up your spine and it's moving it into the crown of your head. And that, if you know, you study yoga or yogic philosophy, they'll say once your Kundalini energy reaches your crown, that is consciousness. That is, you know, oneness. That's when you have reached, um, I don't want to say completion, but you've reached the highest level of consciousness um, that it's available. And it takes time. I know people that spent, you know, years trying to get their Kundalini energy and all the way up their spine. And I, um, always tell people it's a practice, you know, you have to show up some days. It's not going to be great. Sometimes you're really not going to want to do it, but it's just like any sport. It's like any activity or any sort of like art, it's a practice and you have to be consistent with it. And, um, same thing goes for meditation. Like it's something that you have to continue doing, even if it's not always fun or it's not always easy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everything takes consistency and continuous showing up for sure. I also want to know a little bit about what are your strongest psychic senses and what has been your experience with becoming a medium and like in your medium circles that you mentioned, mm-hmm. like learning yeah. to be one with a community? So my strongest is claircognizance, just the simple fact of knowing Me too. a lot of, yeah, a lot of what we work on in my circles and the group that I work in um, is focusing the energy. So all of our awareness on the crown of our head because your crown is like your antenna to the universe. So, I mean, my experience in these circles have been so powerful. They have, I mean, I went into it skeptical. I went into it like, am I really going to be able to do this? And, you know, my teacher, her name is Sloan. Um, She had us all, you know, get together and we're on the, and we did it on Zoom. And we meet every other week, but the first time she was like, we're just going to practice. You're all just going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, tell you what to do, but she's like, we'll start with a meditation. I'll lead you through a meditation. We did the Kundalini breath of fire, something that we always do. Um, and you know, she, she kind of forced me to do it. And I was so nervous. I was so scared, but all it took was radical acceptance and trust and knowing that, you know, whatever comes through me right now is what's meant to come through. And a lot of it is taking out your ego and taking yourself out of the equation because it's not about you. It's not about even the person that you're doing the reading for. 
It's about mm-hmm. being a vessel, about literally being a medium connecting the spirit world and the physical world. So taking yourself out of there. And I mean, at first, most of the times things I would get would be like, oh, um, you know, did his or her name start with a J or it would be little things. And I would, I would be like, every time she would be like, yeah, I'm like, oh my God, I did it. Like <laughs> I knew, I, I, I know what I'm doing. And it honestly takes just putting yourself yeah. out there and practicing and, um, soon I'll be offering medium services. I, um, just with everything with my dad, I didn't want to put myself out there too fast. Um, but it's something yeah. that, you know, every single person I think that's in my group or in my circle or who has been through the circle that I've been through will say that it takes literally just putting yourself out there, putting yourself, you know, like trusting yourself. Yeah. Trust. It, it's literally trust. And the woman I work with, her name is medium Sloan on Instagram. She has great, like tips, tricks, things that can help you connect like little everyday um, things. She's mostly who I've learned a lot of stuff from. Also, Laura Lynn Jackson's great. Um, I love her. I'm excited. But, you know, every, sure. Yeah. Every medium has different ways they go about connecting, but I think most would probably tell you that it starts with meditation and trusting yourself because we are all mediums. We connect the unseen world with the seen world, the physical, and we're all just vessels, you know, we're vessels of love and light. And that's all spirit is, it's love and light. It's, it's not like, you know, scary ghost stories. It's not those, you know, how movies make it seem with the psychic with a crystal ball. Like I know there are people that do that, but that's not necessarily what it is. And it's become so taboo, but it really, all it is, is love. And this idea that things happen that you can't see. And there are, there are spirits around us all the time and it's not scary. There's nothing to be scared of. It's actually a very beautiful thing. And um, when you can let go of the ego and you can let go of, you know, the different things again, that you were taught growing up and you can trust that when, you know, your abilities, I guess, will start to come through. Yeah, exactly. I definitely, yeah. Even with seeing the butterflies and the angel numbers, like I always now that I see, I'm always like, thank you, angels, you know, stuff like that. But before I read this book or before I kind of started becoming aware of, of this and aware that like spirits always around us and our angels are, are always around us and we're always being guided. I never knew what to make of it. And I still like, I don't know if maybe it's someone from my lineage who's talking to me. Like, I don't know. Um, because there's no one, I think that I was so close that past past way that I would think is communicating to me, Mm -hmm. but maybe I think it's really just about trusting and trusting that there is that guidance and Mm -hmm. that those little signs are they all have more meaning than you would think. And I also really wanted to ask you, I know you grew up with 
a mom who's been, you know, involved in spirituality. She's friends of Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. I know she's a yoga teacher too. So what was that like for you? I, I saw like one of your old Instagram pictures. I was like <laughs> low-key stalking you a little bit. And I saw, or maybe it was, I was looking at your mom's page. And I think she mm-hmm. posted a photo of you like much, many years ago, like reading a book from Gabby Bernstein or like something mm-hmm. like that. So I thought that was really cool. And I wanted to ask you how that shaped your journey also and how it still shapes your journey to this day. Yeah. So, you know, she is definitely the reason that I have found interest in a lot of these things, but for the majority of my life, I would say I rejected what she wanted to teach me. I didn't want to hear it because that was my mom. That was my mom, you know, teaching me things. It was, it was my mom again, you know, most people don't want to hear what their parents have to say or what they're trying to, you know, tell them. And I just, I, I was so turned off by all of her things because it was her stuff. Um, but I did, you know, once in a while I went to some Gabby Bernstein, um, like workshops, she used to do in-person workshops, which looking back, I'm like, I really wish I like, actually paid attention because it was awesome. Like I remember little things that she did, but I just had no interest Mm -hmm. again because it was my mom. But I now I feel really lucky because she's been able to kind of help me with things. And she's been doing this a lot longer than me. So she always has good advice. And I definitely she she was started getting into this stuff when I was a baby and then fell off and, you know, took a big break from it. And then back when I was in high school is when she started picking the stuff back up again. And she started doing um, like retreats and meditations and workshops and stuff. And now she's actually been someone who helps me with my business things and is able to, you know, help me think of different offerings or different things that I can be doing in the community. And we've been able to really bond over that. So I realized, you know, maybe I should have listened to my mom sooner. Um, but so much of what we do is so similar. And she always says that I took it a step further than her um, because she never was interested in, you know, the psychic and mediumship stuff. But she was like, it just wasn't as prevalent when I was in my studies. Most of like, when you think about it, I mean, meditation probably became super popular three years ago, maybe not even three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it still isn't even, you know, mainstream, but back in the day, she's like, Brenny, even just hearing about meditation, like that was like, Whoa, like, you know, that at the time when she started learning it, it was something that not many people did learn. And that's how she was able to form such a close relationship with Deepak because at the time, you know, he was famous. He did have a following, but it wasn't as big in the United States. Um, So just over time, you know, now she learns things from me and I'm still learning from her. And it's been a really enjoyable experience. I mean, at first I really couldn't stand it, but now that's, you know, the one thing that kind of really bonds us. Yeah. And I think that's, like ego, right? It's when Mm -hmm. we're like, that's my mom. This is me. We're separate. We're different. I don't want anything to do with it. So, you know, as we grow older, as our ego dissolves, we start to understand that we're all, we're all human. We all have unique experiences, but I think it's really, and we can all learn from each other, but I think it's really cool that she 
that you're now able to bond on this even deeper level and that she's on the sidelines always been nudging you in this direction and it was just a matter of time and I would only even imagine what it was like from her side oh yeah you know seeing (laughs) you and being like oh wow like there's so much that I want like to say but she won't listen to me or whatever and it will it's related to what I was saying earlier about sometimes like we become parents and then our child or our children teach us yeah things we have to learn and trigger us so Mm -hmm. I think that you know these things are are really interesting just to 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 learn about and to hear about how it's like for other people because even for me with my mom my mom's witchy definitely like has a a lot of spiritual knowledge that she doesn't tap into like Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure my mom is psychic but she does (laughs) never developed the abilities you know like she introduced me to the secret she told me about these things and it took some time until I was like, okay, I really want to watch this. Okay, I want to really learn about this. And it's a test of patience also yeah. for our parents. And I think that's just really interesting to, to observe. To close off the episode, I just want to do a quick rapid fire question round. You don't have to like overthink anything, just whatever comes to you. So the first question is matcha or coffee? Matcha. Do you have a mantra that you live by or a quote that you're often referring back to? So my mantra right now and the one that I've been teaching to my students is I live an empowered, authentic life. It's Scorpio season. Obviously, you know that. And it's a time (laughs) of radical transformation and living that empowered life. And so I always, in my classes, I always say, let's just take a second. I live an empowered, authentic life. Yes. I love that. Very timely. Um, Do you have a favorite crystal? tourmaline why protection grounding um I always keep it by my window with a bowl of salt um I found that it protects my home the energy in my home um yeah definitely tourmaline do you keep it inside the bowl of salt no just right next to it okay Mm -hmm. what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received and what's the best piece of advice you've ever received worst piece of advice was that I should have another shot or another drink um best piece of advice that I ever received was back to what I said earlier you don't have to be great in order to get started but you have to get started in order to be great that's like my guiding principle for anything that I want to do yeah it's so important Mm -hmm. and Last but not least, do you have a favorite yoga pose? Pigeon. So it's a deep hip opener. Usually teachers will do it towards the end of the class, but we sort our more turbulent, more traumatic emotions in our hips. And um, I have really tight hips. So I think I have always held on to a lot there, Um, but it's my favorite pose because it's on the ground. You can lay down and um, 
most people don't like it, but it's become my favorite Um, after a study practice. That's so funny because I just interviewed like the last episode I had, I asked her what her favorite yoga pose was. And she also said Fajian pose. Oh, yay. Yeah. And not alone. Yeah, no. And I actually agree. I, I used to have really tight hips. And when I went to the orthopedic doctor, he told me I had to do pigeon pose like just to open my <laughs> hips and like yeah work on that so that's definitely synchronicity and actually that's not the last question the last question is what's one of your favorite books and if you are reading a book right now what is it uh, okay my favorite book is becoming supernatural by joe dispenza I could read that book nonstop. Also, Eastern Body, Western Mind, um, the probably most comprehensive book you'll ever read on the chakras, but it's incredible. I have to read that. Oh my God, you have to read it. It's so good. And then the books that I'm reading, I'm reading two books right now. I'm reading the book Karma by Sadhguru. It's it's really good. Um, And then I'm reading The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Joseph Murphy. Yes. That's a really good one. Yeah. I really like both of them. Um, I usually read two books at once because I get bored sometimes with information and I just need to, you know, different moods. I want different things. Um, You know, before bed, I don't like to read a really heavy information filled book because then I'm like thinking about all the information when I'm trying to fall asleep because I'm so excited. Um, yeah, <laughs> both those books have been so good. And I, I can't believe I haven't read the power of the subconscious mind um, until now, because it's so what I'm interested in and so much of what I teach. Yeah, no, truly. And the book finds you when you need it, right? Yeah, I always end up reading like two to three books at the same time. Yeah, right? I also think when you're learning about spiritual things, it's kind of good to mix and match which mm-hmm. you're reading. Definitely. So I'm definitely going to check out the um Eastern body, Western mind. Yeah. I've, I've been meaning so to good. read Becoming Supernatural. So oh, Mish, you have I to read those. I believe I haven't. So those are both like my the best books ever. Okay, amazing. I will have to check them out. And before we close off, just plug yourself, tell the listeners how they can find you and okay. work with you. So my Instagram is Brittany Berard. It's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. B-E-R-R-A-R-D. And that's my Instagram. My website is BrittanyBerard.com. And if you go to my Instagram on the link tree, um, it has pretty much all of my things separately linked out, but you can also go on my website and, you know, play around, see if there's anything that is on there that resonates with you. Um, Under the work with me, you can sign up for the weekly meditations that will start next week. And uh, under the shop, you can find my readings to purchase. Amazing. Thank you so much, Brittany. This no, thank so you for fun. Awesome. Time so flew. Happy. Like it flew by. I didn't even realize okay. what time it was. <laughs> and I feel like when we see each other in person too, like, oh, I know. It'll I be can. hours to, of things to talk about. So thank you so Definitely. much. I'm sure the listeners loved hearing from you. And for those of you listening, make sure to, to check her out. Yeah, give me a follow. Let's connect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, girl.
If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to reach out. Let me know. DM me at the Catalina Lifestyle. Let's connect. Let's chat about it. And also, if you want to spread the love, make sure to share this on your story. Send it to a friend who you think would like it. And check out Brittany on Instagram as well. Her Instagram is linked in the show notes. I am sending you so much love. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. I'm really grateful for you. And I'm sending you lots of love. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.